Do you complain a lot? Do you find yourself to be kind of a drama queen or king? Yeah, we, we want to be fair to everyone here. Uh, do you get into arguments a lot? Do you find yourself using people like a politician does? Of course, it's none of y'all. It's none of y'all. We're talking about other people. Anyways, today on the podcast, we're going to continue talking about how to get along with everyone biblically. And then also, we're going to continue our Bad Doctrine of the Week series going through the Sparkle Creed. And this week, um, did Jesus wear a fabulous tunic? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about all that and more today on the Digging Deeper podcast. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of the Digging Deeper podcast. If you don't know uh, what this is all about, our goal here is to dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we might dig it just a little bit deeper into our hearts. My name is Chris Brown, and I am the associate pastor here. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the Connections Minister here at First Baptist Hazel. And I'm Judah, the guy in the chair. This is an official title. We're no longer going to call you sound guy, producer, just... Guy in the chair. Well, y'all are probably seeing this on Thursday or Friday or, or whenever, but we are recording this on Wednesday, which is the day after our Light Night Fall Festival. So we are all tired because we were out late last night getting everything back up and going. Um, but we're here. Y'all are here, hopefully. Hopefully someone's here. Um, and we are going to talk about this week's sermon This week's sermon uh, is the second part of how to get along with anyone. So last week, we talked about that, and uh, Pastor Lee gave uh, a few different types of personalities and slight dysfunctions in, in people, and those different types of personalities make it hard to get along with. And he kind of took an approach of how do we respond to these biblically. So um, what, what were the four types of personalities last week? Last week, we had the frenemy, we had the chatterbox, the slightly crazy, and the introvert. Yes. And we concluded that me and Judah are the introverts, and Jacob is the chatterbox. Yeah. And an abbreviated, (laughs) or not abbreviated, a uh, slightly different version of the chatterbox. Yeah. Right. Right. But I've got to tell you, I've... um, I've really been looking forward to this week because mm-hmm. you guys don't have an out with the introvert side. Yeah, right. we things. have to actually pick yeah. a dysfunctional <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So this week, um, we got a whole new set of different types of uh, personalities and, and whatnot. And those are the complainer, which uh, you know speaks for itself, the contrarian, which is someone who's kind of argumentative and uh, takes opposing sides, the politician, which you were right uh, last week. Uh, I thought it was potentially someone who uh, talked about politics a lot, but it's not that. It's someone who more like acts like a politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the drama queen. So the complainer, the contrarian, the politician, and the drama queen. All right, here we go. Same question. Which one are you? Hmm. I know I've got, uh, I can be a little bit of uh, the contrarian and the politician. I'll go, I'll own two you, you, this time. You manipulate people? I can. Yeah, yeah. sure can. <laughs> You're like, why do you think Judas here? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the contrarian and a little bit of the politician. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Judah, 
I'm gonna have to go contrarian. You're the contrarian. You yeah. take opposing sides. That's what I. That's what I think I am. The contrarian. Um, not me, me and you talked a little bit about this this week. Um, I have a tendency when someone presents an idea to me. I'm like a very like analytical problem solving thinker. And so when an idea is presented to me, I will immediately start poking holes in that idea. Not because I don't like the idea, but because I'm, I'm automatically going into, okay, what are the issues that we're going to have to address with this idea? And I realize um, that that can come across as I don't like this idea and I want this idea to fail. Um, and uh and there's just a part of me that, that digs a little bit into that. That's not the case. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. It's good um, to recognize. It's good to recognize. And uh, I have to try very hard to to take a step back and be like, okay, we can go into problem-solving mode later. Let's just let's just get through you know what the idea is first. We don't have to don't have to point out a hundred ways this can fail. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And in that same conversation, uh, I pointed out recently, uh, I, I wrote up sort of a ministry proposal to start, uh, this next year. And, uh, I'm like, well, let's see what Chris thinks. So here's the printout, whatever. What do you think? And he's like, this is a, yeah, great. Sounds great. I'm like, <laughs> What's Who are the you? Catch? <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. Being a politician. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um I it is something that weirdly it's it's a struggle not in the sense of like I think I'm sinning um because because I like like truly my my motive isn't to discourage the idea um but it's just more one of those things that what I want to come across isn't always what comes across and so trying to like recognize that right right how whatever. the message is received and yeah, yeah 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 and i think that can be almost applied to like a lot of these things yeah. is that the person who is the complainer probably doesn't think that they're a complainer right right, right. the person who's a politician probably doesn't think they're a politician the person who's a drama queen and you know the sky is falling doesn't think that they're a drama queen and so that's that's a good question to ask is not necessarily, um, you know, am I one of these things in like an overtly simple way, but more the question of like, am I one of these things like because I'm not communicating properly? Right. Um, how am I perceived? Yeah, yeah. Right? How am I perceived? Motive and- yes. Um, so that's one thing to think. And, and, you know, I thought that... Through every single one of these, I thought to myself, I do that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um, and and in every single one, when I'm like, oh, I think I could do that a little bit, uh, every single one, I'm like, that's not my intention. I, I don't want to do that, but I can see it coming across that way. So so that's that, that, that's probably a good thing. And, and Pastor Lee may mention this, um, but that's a good kind of like starter to this, is that this whole you know, two-part sermon series is kind of framed in, okay, other people act this way. How can you respond to this? But like a good kind of like starting value is to think um, more intrinsically, okay, how might I be perceived as these things and how can I shift my communication to not come across this way? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now let's think about how right. we can deal with other people. Right. Um, There's the whole log in your own eye versus the speck in your brother's exactly. eye. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you might have a drama queen complaining about another drama queen, and you're like, 
Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty common, I feel like. Yeah. It's in their nature. Um, so anyways, okay. So that's the preface uh, for this one. Um, the the sermon structure is a little bit different on this one. Mm-hmm. Normally, there's kind of like a, a central passage. Uh, this one is a little bit more topical. So, so we're going to walk through a few of them, and then we're going to hit some passages at the end on, on how to respond to these. Um, so... Uh, let's just get into this. The complainer. Yes. Any thoughts? The righteous judge, or is Pastor Lee? Uh, Pastor Lee's pretty good at coining some of these terms, yeah. isn't he? Uh, the Krabby Patty. <laughs> this is a spiritual gift. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems to be. Which, uh, by the way, um, Pastor Lee sent us his notes. Did you see the way the Krabby Patty was spelled? Uh, I did not. It's a C R A B B Y. Well, in, that's not the way Krabby is spelled in, in my SpongeBob. Notes. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah, a K. K Krabby. Because it's the Krusty Krab with yeah, a K. Right. The Krabby Patty. Right. right. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> we've identified um, that we are SpongeBob fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, <laughs> for what it's worth, uh, has nothing to do with anything. G- right. Continue. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, complainers. Um, everything is always wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's never. A time, even if things are going really, really, really well, you can always find something that's off or something that's wrong. So it's, and you know, it could be. Oh, you know what? I just noticed. Sorry, not not to interrupt you. So at the top, he spelled it C R A B B Y, but then later on, he spells it K R B B Y. So I don't know which What's one happening here. I don't know. Anyways, sorry, I take that back. I take that back. He he spelt it right later. He's batting 500 on spelling Krabby Patty, so that's okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, doesn't matter to anything. Continue. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, things could be really, really good, uh, but the complainer finds the one thing that is just not quite perfect or maybe even bad was just, we'll grant that, yeah. and just hounds on that one thing. Not to be confused with Drama Queen. Right. Yeah, drama queen's a little bit different. Um, they they have some some uh, what was it Venn diagram uh, things going on there, uh, but different. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, not quite the same thing. Um, but the complainer, uh, Pastor Lee even mentioned, in a lot of ways, it's a it's a cry for attention, right? Because if everything's going well, I guess the idea is we don't need to talk about me or the things that I'm complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if things really are going pretty well than for the sake of attention or for just the sake of complaining even mm-hmm. um, because um, Pastor Lee mentioned this in his sermon complainers like once you kind of start down the road of complaining and you keep finding things to complain about uh, that can be really easily become ingrained in you like mm-hmm. it doesn't take very much mm-hmm. uh, I think was it last week that we talked about the teacher's lounge mm-hmm. uh, at school it's, just, yeah. it's very similar right yeah. Uh, all those things are, oh, you know, these things are going well, but these over here are not. So let's just, man, every time that we, we're going to get together, we're just going to talk about it. all the things that are just awful and, and going wrong rather than focusing on, well, you know, there are good things happening. So yeah. if you were, uh, you know, if you just hang out with uh, with those sorts of people all the time, you would think that you know the world is coming to an end mm-hmm. <laughs> when maybe it's not. Maybe things are Probably actually like going well. News anchors, how they feel? Yeah, you know, all right. hanging out together. <laughs> yeah, everything's always awful. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Pastor Lee's mentioned this about gossip before that 
um, gossipers can sometimes build friendships on gossip. Mm -hmm. And if you were to remove the gossip from the friendship, you would be left with nothing because the entire friendship is built on gossiping. Right. And that that can kind of happen with complaining too, is that you, like you were saying, you get so ingrained in pointing out like what's wrong in the world that if you were to remove that, you got nothing left to talk about. Right. And and that's a problem. Um, Mainly from the sense of what are we supposed to portray as Christians, right? right? Um, Christians should be the most optimistic people in the world. And this is where it's a little convicting for me because I'm not always the most optimistic person. Um, is that uh, if we have been redeemed by Christ, saved, even though we struggle, there is a future and a hope for us. Therefore, all these things are considered momentary afflictions, as Paul would say, compared to the eternal glory. So, like, who who cares? Um, like, if like, yeah, like struggles happen, but it's not going to be the central focus of our mind because we have an eternal hope that that goes far past that. And so, if if that's never your mindset, if your mindset is always what's wrong today, then there's like, um, at best, a a miscommunication mm-hmm. happening of the redemption that you have with you know what's being actually portrayed. Yep, it's a little bit like having tunnel vision mm-hmm. on the just the the negative, right? Versus having a uh, a vision of of life or a uh, an approach to life that really is whole, mm-hmm. right? Because we know there's good and bad, mm-hmm. right? On, on this side of heaven, anyway. Post Genesis three world, there's going to be things like you said that come up that are negative. And that's kind of, that's how it is, right? God uses those things in our lives for our good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, at the same time, right, if we're only focused on those bad things, right, we're missing out on all the good things, right? Mm-hmm. The bad things as bad, mm-hmm. we're missing out on the good things. Well, and sometimes even on those things, because, you know, life happens, yeah. like cars break down, you know, people get sick, um, you know, financial issues, whatever it may be that, that you tend to complain about, those things really do happen. But like you said, in the tunnel, the tunnel vision thing, you have to you have to decide at what point am I going to stop allowing this thing to deter my day right um, and because again it's just so easy like it's 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 easy in the sense of it gives you something easy to talk about and just kind of like spew all of your your things that you're dissatisfied with and then it also kind of like prompts the other person to like give you sympathy mm-hmm. um and so it just it just creates an easy way but you know it's not a good long-term you know friendship uh, solution because the other person will eventually get tired of, of hearing it um, yeah and that's where you need good friends mm-hmm. you need good godly friends who are willing to wound you as the uh proverbs say uh and speak truth to you and to say hey we need to move on. Yes. We need to get past this. It sucks, but don't let it eat your lunch. Let's go eat pizza instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Panda. Or Panda. Oh, man. I love Panda. Panda Express. Oh, it's a new month. I have blow money. That oh. one's been on Panda Express. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, one, uh, th- th- there's an old story that came to my mind with this one. Uh it's it's this uh, man who was sitting outside the entrance of a town, and this uh, this car or this this guy came up 
who was new to the town, he came up to him and said, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so, I'm new here. And, you know, they exchanged greetings and whatnot. And the guy who had been living in the town was talking to him uh, and just getting to know him. And the guy that just moved there said, hey, um, what's this town like? Uh, like, is this, you know, are there good people here, bad people here, you know, so on and so forth. And the guy that had been living there said, okay, well, well what was your uh, old town like? And the guy said, you know, it's just a bunch of great people. They were, they were awesome, uh, friendly, willing to help each other. And the guy said, you'll find that here. And he went on. And uh, another person came in, uh, was just moving into town. And they said, you know, chit-chatting. And the, the person said, hey, what's this town like? Like, like uh, who, who am I going to find? And he said, uh, well, what was your old town like? And he said, they were awful. They were, you know, uh, people... Um, backstabbing you, gossiping about you, uh, d- didn't want anything to do with you, mean, all that stuff. And the guy said, you'll find that here. And it went up. And, and, you know, that, that really rings true, is that whatever you're looking for, you will find. And so if you're uh, looking for negatives, you will find negatives. If you're looking for positives, you will find positives. Which gets to uh, Philippians. Uh, Pastor Lee didn't mention this, but it reminds me of Philippians 4, where God says, uh, in talking about the idea of anxiety, which I think complaining can, can kind of fall into that yeah. category, um, is uh, he says, focus on what is true, what is pure, what is noble, what is trustworthy. All these list of things that says, and the God of peace will be with you. Um, for Paul, it was very much a, a mindset thing of these things are happening. It's, it's not that these things aren't happening. It's that you choose to focus on godly things, not on, you know, how the world is falling apart. Yeah. 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 So the complainer. Fun. <laughs> All right. Next, the contrarian. Okay. Potato, potato. Potato. You don't say it like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See what I did there? Which one? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> Either of them. Doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you call a that word? Um, I call it French fries. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to disagree. To disagree. <laughs> I call it tomato. Um, okay. Uh, the contrarian. Give a summary. <clears throat> the contrarian feels the need to go against the grain. Now, the contrarian, if somebody presents. Um, uh, an idea or a thought or, you know, wants to do this, the contrarian will buck against that and want to do the opposite thing for the sake of wanting to do the opposite thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I would really explain it that way. I would probably more explain it. <laughs> Take it away, Chris. Yeah, right, no, t- tell us about it. No, tell no. Us about it. <laughs> I'm just trying to give a real-life yeah. example of what a contrarian would do. Right, yeah. right, Exactly. I think that was an apt explanation. That, that was, was a good one. That was, that was, a, that was a good one. That was, yeah. It was yes. Right. I'm working on my contrary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and Pastor Lee's story that he that he told about the the guy that called him on the phone and um, you know was having or wanted, wanted to ask a question or something. I don't even remember the purpose uh, of that phone call, but uh, Lee. Uh, suggested uh, to the guy on the phone, maybe you should find the, the pastor at a Baptist church close to you in your town. Apparently he's far away. Uh, and maybe you can get connected there. And the guy, oh no, he's an idiot. That guy is. It's like, he's an idiot. And then gets off into the, and then, uh, fast forward a little bit, and he ends up calling Pastor Lee an idiot. And so he hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you find yourself calling people idiots, uh, 
You might be a contrarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah more than likely. Um, unless there's somebody that does something um, like really, really dumb. Like we were. Sounds like you're justifying listen, your contrarianness. Uh, okay, so we were on the way down to Midlothian. Uh, my parents just moved down there. We were going to go see their new house. We're on I-20. We're about to exit uh, and get on 287 going south. And we're in the right-hand lane getting ready to exit. And this car, two cars in front of us, just stops. And there's cars in the next lane over doing like 70, flying by us. It's like, dude, you're going to get somebody killed. Like, what are you doing? And uh, flashers were on. And, I mean, there's no way to get around them Mm because it's a steady stream. And anyway, and then I think it was probably – it felt like 20 minutes, but it, it was probably like two minutes or something <laughs> like that. Then finally they start moving and cut across like four lanes of traffic. And so I might have used the the idiot word uh, mm. to, uh, mm. uh, yes. Spoken like a true contrarian. <laughs> You're right. right. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. uh, anyway, it was a mess. Judah, how do you find yourself being the contrarian? Because you, you identified as this, right? Not necessarily. No, no. Did, oh, are you backtracking? Wait, yeah, did, didn't you say that you were a contrarian? Yes. So, but I'm being contrary. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I see. Yeah. No, I'd say that carried over. This is carried over from when I was a kid. I'd just be a contrarian, just say no to everything. Once mm-hmm. I found the word no, I'd just been a contrarian. I think that's called being disobedient. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You're like, the contrarian sounds better. Yeah, contrarian. <laughs> contrarian. Let me sip on my tea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds a little fancier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I tend to think of the contrarian, too, is just wanting to argue. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that's probably where, uh, you know, all of these have, like, gradients right. and, and spectrums to it. Uh, and so, like, on one hand, it could be, like, me, where, like, I'm not really trying to argue i think i think i'm not trying to argue i might be um or i'm not trying to argue i'm more just trying to think analytically and problem solve yeah and it can come across as being like against it all the way to the side of like no some people just like to argue yeah some people um have a proclivity towards uh disagreement yeah um and some people have a proclivity towards agreement and um i think both have their issues uh but for those who have a proclivity towards that, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to take the opposite side. Yes. Um, I think those, uh, so like, uh, we're we're well aware in the theological world, um, there is different like sub, like, um, like secondary and tertiary doctrines that are important, but are not primary and crucial. And, you know, like Revelation. Revelation's an example. Soteriology is an example. Um, dispensation uh, eras and, you know, Israel and, and all that are, are examples of that. And a lot of those are secondary and tertiary doctrines that, again, are important but are not primary. And what a lot of times I think people who tend to be contrarians will land on those and and it's all of a sudden they're hill to die on. Yeah. Right. And they, the, yeah. The, they'll fight it tooth and nail. And it's not just, you know, we disagree. It's like, no, you're wrong and you're going against God now because you disagree. And, and they'll actually, they'll, they'll allow their, their disagreeableness to, to usurp theology in the Bible to, f- to feed their disagreeableness. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And those are frustrating. Yes. Um, yes, they are. They're very frustrating. Um, yeah. And, and those things, those secondary tertiary issues, a lot of times will get elevated in their minds to a primary mm-hmm. issue where suddenly that's all that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not to talk about it to, uh, for the purpose of glorifying God or mm-hmm. to build up uh, the saints and uh, or even themselves, right? Grow spiritually. It's really just to argue, just to be right. Uh, yeah, just yeah. to be right. Just to argue the point, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, to be to be right and to mm-hmm. prevail in the argument. Um, and yeah, that's um, those are. Did you say annoying? Did you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said that. Okay, but, I'll say it. But uh, I agree. They, they can be annoying. Yeah. Uh, sometimes um, it's like, you yeah. Know, you can be a premillennial dispensationalist if you want to. Right. Uh, that's fine, but it's well, not the end all be all of, yeah. of the gospel. And and, and sometimes that's in theology. Uh, you see it in politics a lot uh, mm-hmm. that there's people that are like, uh, "Hey, we disagree on politics, and that's okay. We just have different opinions on what's going on." Um, and then some people are like, "No, you are a traitor, and you know deserve to get kicked out, and, yep. and whatever uh, if you don't agree with me." Um, and so, so to, to be fair, to contrarians, it's not just theology that they grip oh, onto. Yeah. They, they, they grip, it, really, it's any ideology, right? Um, any kind of system that can be built up. There are some that will cling to that system, and then use it as a funnel for their right disagreement, argument, contrarian nature. Yeah. Yep, and that was uh, what I said uh, that. I've I've got a, a little bit of contrarian in me. Um, that's how I funneled it was politics mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. So um, and uh, I man, it was it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to talk <laughs> it, about. It really and to is. Argue yeah. and it's it's enjoyable. Um, but you know, when we started uh, coming to church here, that was one of the things that I had to really be mindful of and intentional <laughs> about. Is it's like I'm not here to to argue. It's not a political. Uh, debate club or something like it's that, like, right? It's a church. It's like your first Sunday and you're meeting someone It's like, hey, who are you? It's like, my name's Jacob. I believe this, 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 and this about politics. What do you I'm, believe? I'm Jacob and I'm a contrarian. <laughs> and you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, contrarians. Oh yes, I had a thought and I lost the thought. Okay. Anyways, yeah. all right. You have anything else on contrarians? Uh, no, I think we pretty well hit yep. the contrarian. All right. And again, we're, we're going to get into some scripture. How do you deal with it? Oh, I remember what I was going to say. On the contrarian, um, uh, which this is going to get mentioned later because Pastor Lee mentioned this first, but uh, there's a verse that says, have nothing to do with stupid and foolish arguments. And that has much more to do with the tone and the aim of the argument than the right. actual subject matter of the argument. Right. When it gets into... Um, theological issues or political issues, some of them are well worth discussing. Like the, the content oh, yeah. are very well worth discussing. But if you're in a conversation with someone who is acting foolish, and like by me by foolish I mean someone who isn't really trying to learn, reach a solution, um, but rather someone who's trying to just expose their uh, espouse their ideas. Um that's when it moves into no matter what the content is, this is by definition a foolish argument because we're not actually trying to like, we're just talking past each other to be right, right rather than land on a solution. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's important um, to know. Like, it's okay to disagree mm-hmm. and it's okay to have those conversations. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There are, um, there's this really cool series of books. It's, um, 
Spectrum multi-view, multi-series, multi-view or series books. And what they do is they'll get uh, different uh, scholars, uh, scholars slash pastors, who espouse different views on, let's say, baptism Mm -hmm. or on, you know, what it was that Christ accomplished primarily at the cross. And they'll have, you know, three to five contributing authors. Each one will write a chapter kind of explaining and defending their mm-hmm. view. And then they uh, later chapters, they all respond to each other. And uh, something like that is, uh, it's really rich. And it mm-hmm. helps to, to fully grasp, okay, like I know what I believe about baptism, for example. Okay, where do the the pedo-baptists, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, baby baptizers, where, where do they mm-hmm. land on that? How do they answer that question? And and so it can it can be really, really good for a, a dialogue. And the purpose of those, again, it's not to uh, be contrary for the sake of being contrary. It's let's express the things that we believe. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, you know, it, it's important to keep a watch on ourselves and be yeah. sure that we're, we're not slipping into that contrarian yeah. side of things. And if, if you're a person who likes... Um, those kinds of discussions that don't move into a foolish side, but more of a, a productive, okay, let's hear all the sides of it. Um, uh, the unapologetic podcast. Have you ever listened to that? No, who um, does it? Uh, it's a British guy. I can't remember his name. Because I've seen, I don't know if I've watched a whole episode, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's called unapologetic. It's just the, the name of it. Um, and it's this British guy who uh, he he moderates debates, basically. And uh, each podcast, he'll bring on, you know, like a Christian and an atheist. And, okay, we're, today we're going to talk about did God create the universe? Okay. And and it's all, for the most part, I'm sure there's, I mean, he's done like hundreds of them. So I'm sure some of them have gotten a little bit uh, out of line. Uh, but for the most part, every single one I've listened to has always stayed in a very cordial mindset, a very structured, you know, People aren't trying to talk over each other. And I love listening to those because I know what I believe as a Christian, but I like I like listening to an atheist explain, okay, what do they believe? And then even more than that, I like having a Christian there re- responding and asking questions because a lot of times when I hear atheists talk, I'm like, I'll have like 15 questions. I'm like, okay, well, what about this, this, this? But I can't actually, right? if, if it's the presentation, I can't actually... You know, say anything. Um, if I'm watching a video, I can't say anything. But if there is a Christian in the room who who does that, then they can like ask those questions, and and now it, it becomes a much more like understanding. Okay, both sides of it. Anyway, right. so we're we're getting kind of off track here. Um, but if you're interested in that, the unapologetic podcast, I think that's what it's called. With a oh gosh, I can't remember. Can't remember saying. Anyways, just look it up. You'll find it. It's it's a pretty popular podcast. Yeah. Okay, that's the contrarian, the politician, not one that likes to talk about politics. That might be the contrarian. Um, yes, the politician is one who acts like a politician who tries to manipulate people. And and uh, he mentioned a few scenarios. And it reminded me of a scenario that I've done. Did you think about that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why at the very beginning, I was curious to see which one you would oh, pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to pick politician or not. There was one time <laughs> that uh, uh, we moved into our new house uh, a little over a year ago. And the couch that we had just would not work in that new house. Uh, just It was like a sectional one. The way it's, it's kind of an oddly shaped room. And it just wouldn't work. Uh, and so we found a new couch on Facebook Marketplace. 
that we had to go pick up, and I don't own a truck. However, Jacob here owns a truck. So I called Jacob, and um, what were the words that came out of my mouth? The exact words. You ready? Yeah. Hey, best friend with a truck. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> That's when he knew. Uh, How often do you get that call, having a truck? Um, not often. It's only me. Right? It's only you, <laughs> it's, just about. Because I did this past week, yeah, too. You did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. And uh, let's, not, let's not distract from the rest of that story, though. So, yeah, uh-huh. man, I'm, I'm very happy to help you go pick up your couch. Oh, here's the, all right, we got the address and the GPS, and we're driving, and we pull up, and it's this apartment complex. And the number isn't 105. The number is 315 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It's up on the third floor. You're like, oh, man. It's up All on right. the third. Not only is it up on the third floor. So I was communicating with the lady uh, over Facebook Messenger. And it was pretty clear that that English was her second language. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we get there, and it's like radio silence. Like we, She will not respond to me. And so we knew it was a, like a... A third floor number. And so we just go up to the third floor and down the hallway, we just see these three 21 year olds, uh, 22 year olds, these three 22 year old ladies with a couch halfway out of their, their, <laughs> their uh, apartment. And they are just struggling. Like you, could, I think that one of them was just sitting on the ground, right? Like yeah. just defeated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think she saw us and she's like, are you Chris? And I was like, yeah. Um, we go in there and these poor girls were trying to get this couch out of their apartment and it just was not happening. Um, and so, so we work our way in there we had to take the feet off and we got it out. So not, yeah. not only did we have to carry it down the stairs, but we had to get out of their, their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it and, um, and it was good. It was great. And uh, after yeah, after we got it all loaded up, we're heading back. Uh, we stopped at QT, and you bought my drink, and that was very nice. And that's when yeah. I learned about Apple Pay on your watch. Oh, is that what? Yeah. <laughs> that's when you got the mark of the beast. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, which was great. Yes. Um, so uh, so the, the politician is someone who manipulates, coerces, is always trying to to like work the system yeah. to, to get what they want. And they'll use people to get what they want. And a classic politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Lee mentioned a verse. Uh, and I've read Second Timothy, but I've just never noticed this verse before. You, do, do you want to read that? Yep. It's Second Timothy 3, verses 6 through 9. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Yeah, uh, so I like the way the NIV puts it. Um, They are the kind, these men, they are the kind who worm their way. Into homes, I, th- I, th- I thought that was an interesting way that it put that to gain control over weak-willed women, and uh, which sounds awful, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. people who uh, like their sole focus is, and and when they say we're on their way into the homes, um, best case scenario, they're getting married to these women, 
uh, worst case scenario and probably the more likely scenario is uh, they're just, you know, shacking up. Yeah. Uh, and the goal isn't because they actually like this woman. Uh, the goal is to dominate the woman mm-hmm. and to use the woman. Right. Right. And honestly, I see this all the time mm-hmm. uh, today uh, that you have men who have no interest in providing for themselves and are not responsible and they find women who are and they will get into relationships with them and use them. And it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, and, and generally speaking, women, women are usually so optimistic about the men that they like, mm. uh, that they see the, the, the best in them and what they could be and they'll ignore what's right in front of them and men will use that against them. Yep. Uh, it, it's, it's very sad. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't have to get into the details on it, but I thought it was interesting. I, I just, uh, for whatever reason, I've never noticed this verse before uh, in the Bible. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, what's happening today happened then. Oh yeah. But, but the, the whole idea behind it is that this idea of like the politician, the, the people who will manipulate and use people is nothing new. Right. Like, you know, the, the, this happened there. They even reference uh, uh, Jan- Janice. Yes. Janice and Jambres, uh with Moses and mm-hmm. Pharaoh uh, that the, the same tricks apply there. They, they use tricks to deceive people and use people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the politician, politician, the politician. I am not the politician <laughs> unless I need something, <laughs> and then I'm the politician. Right. Well, uh, Pastor Lee did say, um, you know, uh, that mutual sharing in need is a mark of a good friendship. Yes, yes. He did say that. So you know, it's, you know so, some people say. Oh, here we go. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> some Buckle people up. say um, that the quickest way to, um, to accelerate a friendship is to ask a favor. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, the idea being is, is, is okay, so so the, the common thought is um, the best way to get you to like me as a friend is for me to do you a favor. But the 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 thought is actually the opposite, is the, the quickest way to have um, you like me as a friend is for me to ask you a favor because that's me coming humbly to you, seeking out, your help, um, and as long as the favor is not outrageous, right. uh, it's like something easily attainable. Because like when we do favors for people, it's like it feels good, right? Yeah. It's like like yeah, I was able to help them out, um, and so uh, and not only that, but now it puts you in a case where now you feel more freely to ask me a favor because right. I've already asked you a favor, and so now it's like um, if you're really early on in a friendship, um, there might be that stalemate of okay, who's going to ask? Yeah. The other person for a favor first. You, you don't want to put them out because you're not sure where we are as friends. Um, but if you take that first step, boom, it automatically opens the door that, okay, this is the kind of friendship that, that we can ask favors. Um, now, you might want to read the room when you do it to make sure that, that they've received that well. If they look annoyed right. um, that they're doing you a favor, then then maybe they're not that kind of friend. Yeah, maybe um, take a step back and... Uh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. go a little easier for yeah. a little bit. Or... But there certainly is a lot of biblical precedent to caring for each other in friendships, um, you know, bearing one another's burdens, uh, and, and seeking to serve one another 
uh, in those things. And so certainly um, this doesn't mean don't ever ask for a friend. For, right. Uh, I think the difference between seeking help and being a politician is on the politician side, you're manipulating. Right. And you're trying to use where on the other side, it's like a proper, like we're, we're just seeking to live out the right. one another's of scripture. Right, exactly. It's like whenever I ask for a favor from a truck. Right. Um, it's that's not manipulation. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was fine. We uh, we do favors for each other all the time, so it's all yeah, good. yeah. Like take stuff in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, especially the truck. All right. Let, let, let's get. How, how long have we got? Uh, we're at forty minutes. We're at forty minutes. Okay. Let's get keep going. The drama queen. The chatterbox on steroids. The chatterbox on steroids. <laughs> That's right. The uh, world is constantly falling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what, what's that? Is it Chicken Little? Chicken Little. The sky yeah. is falling. The sky, the sky is falling. Yeah. Uh, or uh, the boy who cried a wolf mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you got any thoughts? Yeah. Um, whenever I think of the drama queen, I really think more of stirring up conflict between other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whenever, you know, like, oh, starting some drama or so-and-so's got drama, it usually involves other people. It mm-hmm. involves gossip a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. That's what I tend to think of when I think of drama queen. Yeah. Um, or, hey, no matter what happens, uh, hey, if I'm in a conversation with this person over here, I know that at some point it's going to be brought up that, oh, can you, did you hear about what so-and-so mm-hmm. Said or did or thought about fill in the blank, whatever it is, and yeah, they'll uh, drama queens will wear you out pretty quick uh, if you're not careful. Yeah, politicians usually are like crafty enough that you know it's not it's not a straight up hey best friend with a truck. Yeah. It's like right. oh red flag there. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's not usually that obvious, right? It's going to be a little bit more under the table and a little bit more uh, sneaky. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, I think gossip is probably a good. A good, um, you know, pairing with this because it's always like, like, did you hear the latest? Right. So and so. So it could be like drama about other people, or it could be drama about their own life that other people are inflicting it, yeah. upon them. Yeah, it could be. In this one, um, I, I think we all can land on this in some part of life, but there are definitely some that have greater proclivities towards this um, because they will, they will just go from one drama to the next drama to the next drama to the next drama just over and over and over again. And and one thing that you probably want to ask yourself is that if you are constantly finding yourself in situations of drama, you might ask yourself, what is the common denominator in all these situations? And it could be everyone else is just the worst. It could be like, like you're, you know, if you're going from church to church to church or town to town to town or, or friend group to friend group or work to work to work to work, it could be everyone is out to get you and everyone's the worst and you're the righteous, you know, person in the midst of all this. Or it could be you have a part to play in it. A hundred percent. Maybe. Yeah. I, Maybe. There's some of the people that I know. Judah, I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm talking about Judah here. Uh, Let's talk quietly so he doesn't hear us. <laughs> uh, right here. Some of the people that I know that are drama queens, even, I mean, they it's like they thrive off of the drama. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you asked them about it, or, or they would just tell you, uh, oh my gosh, I hate drama. Yeah. You know so, a perfect example uh, <laughs> of this? <laughs> tell, tell me. Reality TV. Oh, Watch oh. any reality show. Like, like you want to see, like... 
so in any reality show, they go through a casting process. Um, and these producers, like so like The Bachelor. My wife used to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Luckily, we've gotten off of it. It's great. Um, the Golden Bachelor. But the Golden Bachelor, man. <laughs> I tell you, you know, you know who's the real MVPs of those shows? The producers. <laughs> the producers who cast all of these people, who funnel through thousands of submissions, they know their job, and they do it so well because they find the most narcissistic, drama-filled people who are completely clueless about their narcissism and drama and throw them all together in a room, deprive them of sleep, throw in some alcohol, and uh, and just watch the fireworks go. Pressure cooker. There it goes. Yes. And they're all, like you said, they're all this thing of like, ah, oh, drama, 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 drama. And they're like, I hate drama. It's like, really? It looks like you love drama. Right. It's like, uh, you're... You, you right there are responsible for about 70% of the drama in the room. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, really, you sought her out and yelled at her. <laughs> right. Oh, oh goodness. my God. Yes. So, most people aren't to that level. Right. Right. Those are just like, man, like, they've got a degree in drama, mm-hmm. right, to get on one of those yeah. shows. But yeah. it's almost like the complainer where if you get into this this vicious cycle of complaining you almost have nothing to talk about if right. you don't complain. The drama queens uh, or kings uh, are, uh, um, I'm not sexist here. I'll, I'll go both ways. Um, the drama queen or kings um, can almost fall into that same vicious cycle that they're so involved in drama that when drama's not there, life is boring. And I think yeah. a lot of this is like subconscious. I don't think they're consciously seeking out drama because they they like actually love it. But I think there's a, a subconscious level of it, it. It's just something to focus on, and, right? And something to be involved in and whatnot. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some ways to respond to these. These we we've talked a lot about different personality types. Let's talk biblical ways to respond, and Pastor Lee gives us five. Five ways to respond uh, to um, the complainer, the contrarian, the politician, and the drama queen. And let's just go and throw in these other ones from last week, yeah. uh, which were uh, the introvert, the... The slightly crazy... Slightly crazy. Uh, the frenemy and the chatterbox. Frenemy and the chatterbox. So in these eight different personalities, here's five ways, biblically, that you can respond to them. First off... We kind of mentioned this earlier. Strive not to be one of them, mm-hmm. especially the introvert. Don't be an introvert. <laughs> yeah, just stop. Strive not to uh, be one of these things. Philippians 2.14 uh, says this, Do everything without complaining or arguing, arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, as redeemed children of God, we should be the most optimistic people in the world because mm-hmm. we have something to actually look forward to and yeah. to hope for. Uh, and if you encompass some or all of of these these slight dysfunctions, you are not presenting yourself blameless and pure as someone who has been redeemed to the world, who are shining like stars. You're complaining, you're right. arguing, and and you're you're. You're looking like the world, not apart from the world. Mm-hmm. So, one, strive not to be one of these. Two, uh, this is kind of a multi-one, uh, set boundaries. We kind of talked about that last week. Yeah. 
set boundaries with these people in, in different ways based on how the situation going. And uh, more importantly, be gracious and yeah. patient. Yes. Because we all have issues, right? right. Um, some of us may uh, have proclivities towards being contrarian. Some of us may have proclivities towards being a little bit more dramatic uh, or complaining or whatever. And kind of like what we mentioned last week, uh, it's hard to empathize with what we don't deal with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's easy to empathize. Like I can... As a con- as a semi-contrarian myself, um, <laughs> I can empathize with you in your semi-contrarianness. Um, but you know, if I you know, let's say the uh, the politician, because that's not me. I, I'm not a politician. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't coerce people. <laughs> um, I might have a harder time uh, empathizing with that, and in my lack of empathy. Uh, cast them aside as like a worse center than I. Mm. Right. Right. And right. so like, like we all need grace no matter what we struggle with. Um, and, and that's where it's like probably really good to have like a good idea or a good grip on who you are and what dysfunctions you have and knowing that you need grace and those dysfunctions just as much as other people need grace. Not saying excuse. Right. Right. The Bible doesn't say excuse sin. But just be gracious in how you deal with the sin. Um, exactly. Yep. 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 Uh, third way to respond, uh, be a part of the solution. There's a verse with this one. You want to read that verse? Yep. Second Timothy 2, 23 and 24. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil, um, yes, 24. I, uh, I copied too many. Oh, nice. here. I yeah. kept going. Yeah. So be part of the solution. Um, me and Randy call this solution oriented conversations or socks. S O C. Um, uh, we say, uh, let's sock it out. Right? Sock it out. Uh, sock it out. Solution oriented conversations. Um, meaning that in whatever conversation you're having, and, and this sometimes applies to all of them, sometimes doesn't, um, uh, but like, let's say if it's the contrarian, don't allow that that conversation to slip into a foolish argument. Um, right. But keep it okay. What's the solution to this issue? If a complainer, uh, we can sit and allow them to complain and vent, or we can try to be a solution for them. You know, drama queen. We can allow them to gossip and vent, or we can help be a solution to this. Um, and so it's just always looking for how can I not be part of foolish conversations. And how can I rather be a solution that leads to resolution, that leads to um, godliness, that leads to pure and blamelessness? Mm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, at the end of the day, um, if we're uh, sitting across the table or maybe next to the table, next to, at the table, uh, somebody with uh, some of these different dysfunctions, and we all Did you just accuse me of having some of these dysfunctions? It was a hypothetical. Oh, okay. A hypothetical table, not... This Idiots. table necessarily. Judah, a lot of finger pointing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun though. Uh, or now is that was I being contrarian, saying that that was fun, or was that being non-contrarian? Now I'm confused. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, right, whoever it is that we're sitting across the table from, um, right, we have. Uh, 
we have a choice to make as far as how we, we respond, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to change them, right? I mean, there's things we can do that are direct conversation and, and those kinds of things. Um, but uh, it's, it's how we choose to respond to those at the end of the day. Yep. We should respond with that, uh, you know, socks, I guess. Uh, Solution-oriented conversation. conversation. Yeah, yep. that's right. And uh, rather than being sucked in and, and sort of joining in with, uh, you know, some of these the conversations that might come out of uh, some of these dysfunctions instead, uh, let's be pure and blameless. Yeah. Yep. Be part of the solution. Four, keep peace with them. Romans twelve eighteen says, if it is at all possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I like how it gives the preface, as far as it depends on you. And I think he realizes there's some situations it's out of your control. Yeah. That, that people are just going to, you're going to find yourself in a situation where people are mad at you and not at peace with you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can try, but you can't. At the end of the day, they're, they're going to right. do what they're going to do. Um, but it says, as far as it depends on you, meaning you make every effort mm-hmm. to be at peace with everyone. And so whether you're dealing with complainers or, or um, contrarians or politicians or drama queens um, in, in all of your interactions with them, try to keep it in a situation where, where you're at peace with them. Um, Introverts. Introverts. Just throw that out there. Too. Oh, it's easy to be at peace with introverts. <laughs> Just don't talk to them. <laughs> right. And boom, you're there. Uh, Actually, no, sometimes introverts uh, are the worst about misreading situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, because, uh, anyway, so we talked about introverts last week, <laughs> not this week. Okay. <laughs> Keep peace with them. And five, love them. Oh, just simple as that. We actually mentioned this verse last week. Um, I think Pastor Lee met, or listened to us and it's like, oh, that's a great verse. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you've heard it said, uh, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your neighbor and pray for those who persecute you. Um, and so pray for all these people, love all these people, and actually like actually love them. Right. Uh, right. Love them, uh, care for them, uh, help guide them, help be part of the solution, all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do we respond? How do we get along with everyone? How do we respond to all these dis- different dysfunctional personalities and all that? Five ways. One, strive not to be those yourself. Two, set boundaries, be gracious and patient. Three, be part of the solution. Four, keep peace with them. And five, love them. Boom. We solved <laughs> relationship conflict. <laughs> ha ha. It only took two sermons and two podcasts. Yeah. If you ever find yourself um, where someone is disagreeing with you or someone's in a... Uh, a a dysfunctional relationship like with that, just lengthen this video. That's right. And they'll come back an hour later, right? Are we at an hour? 54 minutes. They'll come back 54 minutes later and they'll say, thank you so much. That's right. The Lord moved through these three men. And I apologize for everything I did. I promise. I guarantee (laughs) if that doesn't happen, don't tell me, just, just let me live in my fancy. Anyways. (laughs) All right. So that's that. We're now going to move, or that's uh, that's the end of the, this uh, sermon series. Right? Yes. Right? No more? Okay. So we get to look forward to what we get to next week, but we're going to conclude the sermon part of this, and we're going to get into the Bad Doctrine of the Week. It's the Bad Doctrine of the Week. Yes. I've been dying to get back to this. It's like we had to cut it off last week. Just yes. Just because... Uh, 
the Sparkle Creed, right? The Sparkle Creed. It's so long, so it we're is, taking yeah. it in segments. Yes, and, if, um, if you weren't here last week, we started working through what is known as the Sparkle Creed. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, let's go ahead and show the video right here. Let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So, beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. All right, if you haven't clicked off, that means... (laughs) That means you are ready to hear a biblical response to the Sparkle Creed. So we are going um, line by line and talking about how this is heretical nonsense. And uh, we need a stamp. Oh, you, I have a stamp, right, yeah, uh, right. that you gave me. Yeah. Um, what does it say? Does it say heretical uh, nonsense? Uh, heretical nonsense for research purposes only. Yes. So this is... Legitimately, that heretical nonsense. Last week we talked about I believe in a non in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural and how that's nonsense, and um, the only verse in Scripture that would even remotely refer to God using plural pronouns is because He's literally three in one. Uh, it's not because He's non-binary. In fact, uh, God the Father, Father, not me saying that. God saying that. Um, implies, uh, at least anthropomorphically, I think that's the right word, uh, that he's assuming the the male-gendered pronouns. Anyways, that was last week. Go, go watch last week if you want to see that. This week, we get a, a more interesting line. Um, I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, their, did you notice the their? Yeah, I did. Their child? Uh, yeah, the non-binary plural... Yeah, at least pronouns. they're keeping uh, the, the pronouns consistent. <laughs> I believe in Jesus Christ, their child who wore a fabulous tunic and has two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. Now, there's a few things here. Um, Can we talk about the fabulous tunic first? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, fabulous tunics. The biggest one that comes to mind is Joseph, right? In his Yeah, the colorful, coat of many colors. Yeah, his colorful coat. Is, can, is there anywhere you can think of in the Gospels that talks about Jesus wearing a fabulous... No. I mean, maybe at the crucifixion where the soldiers are casting lots and oh, not yeah. going to tear his maybe. garment. Yeah. Um, so it must have been fabulous enough for the Roman soldiers. I guess that's where they're getting it. I, I didn't think about that. Um, now, the thing is with fabulous, that's a little bit of a loaded word. Oh. Um, fabulous generally is only used in the more effeminate yeah. Kind of like, oh, that's fabulous, man. Right. Uh, you, you don't usually hear that in, in just normal, like, adjective explaining right. things. Right. Like, like if, if you came in wearing a blazer uh, that was, like, 
you know, just a normal blazer, I probably wouldn't say the word fabulous. Right. Unless it was sparkled, right? <laughs> well, Roxanne would beat you to it then. Yeah, if it was glittered up, sparkled, you know, many colors on it, it's like, oh, man, that's fabulous. Uh, uh, I probably wouldn't be the word guy to use that word, but it's a, it's a little bit more effeminate oh, yeah. Um, yeah. terminology. Was Jesus effeminate? Um, I'm going to go with he was a man. Uh, <laughs> well, for one, he's a man. First off, um, uh, feminine. So, you know, like like in appearance, is that what we're talking about? Or Sure. And just in general. Um, well, I'm going to go with no, he wasn't effeminate because, you know, there. Uh, what is it in Isaiah uh, where uh, there's uh, a prophecy about how you know, there was, there's nothing about Jesus' appearance. This is looking forward. Jesus' mm-hmm. appearance that would draw us to him. Is that in Isaiah? Or am I barking up the wrong I mean, there's tree? a ton of prophecies about Jesus in Isaiah, right. so probably. I'm going to have to go look it up yeah. later now. Uh, but no, and it gets mentioned later in the New Testament in one of the epistles, I think, about how, oh, there's nothing about Jesus and his appearance that really drew us to him. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, who he was mm-hmm. and those things. So I'm going to go with No. Yeah, so there's that element of it. Um, by trade, he was a carpenter. Right. I mean, it's probably dirty, manly guy. Yeah. Uh, probably was not clean cut. Uh, probably not clean. Uh, he was homeless, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, son right. of man had no place to lay his head. That's right. He said that himself. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I I doubt that he would be anything that someone would come up and say, man, you're fabulous. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, highly unlikely. Especially, oh, there's another time uh, in Scripture where it mentions Jesus uh, closes when he takes off his uh, his coat or his tunic and ties it around his waist when he's going to go and wash the mm-hmm. disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. That also doesn't sound fabulous. <laughs> right? yeah. Unless it was a fabulous tunic, he didn't want to get it yeah. dirty. Unless it was going to get dirty around his waist. Yeah, well, know. and some also might... <laughs> Like, if they want to categorize Jesus as effeminate, they might look at his meekness. Yeah, um, maybe. And how he was gentle. Uh, but that would be only a, a small piece of the pie of who Jesus was. Right. Um, because while there are times that Jesus is meek, which, again, meek does not mean weak. Right. Um, uh, there are times that Jesus is very controversial. Right. He uh-huh. uh, runs the money changers out of the yep. temple, makes a cord of whips and yep. is yes that doesn't sound very uh, so fabulous yeah so um uh this is almost like a new age like hippie kind yeah. of thing because jesus used to be referred to as a, like a hippie like you know just love everyone man kind of thing um <laughs> but Gosh. but we saw that that's not the case there all right let, let's, let's get off the, t- yeah, the yeah, tunic yeah. so uh, we, we've we've pretty well covered the fabulous yeah. tunic Let, let's cover a couple of other things i find it interesting i believe in jesus christ their child um so, because of let's break this down. <laughs> so, so you've got God, um, the non-binary God that they refer to in the first one, who's presumably the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then I believe in Jesus Christ. So now they're pulling Jesus out of the Trinity, and then referring to him as their child. Um, do do you think that this is like? just literally referring to Jesus as the son of God, or do you think this is moving Jesus into a, a non deity role? Um, that is a good question. 
Um, I could see it going both ways. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, you know, first off, I don't know how much credit we want to give <laughs> for the thoughtfulness yeah, of, for of how statement. thoughtful this was and how yeah. orthodox and theologically sound. Um, so the first off, the non-binary, yeah, the, the, the conversation itself might be giving them too much credit. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, it's kind of where I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I, I do think that what they're doing is, and I don't think that's the stress of what they're mm-hmm. trying to say. I don't think they're trying to make a trinitarian or not statement. I think. Uh, you know the verbiage. Uh, Jesus was it Jesus Christ, their child. Yeah, yeah. So instead of Son of God, which is the term that Scripture uses, it's Child of God, mm-hmm. which is gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you notice, so I, mm-hmm. I think that's really the statement. They're More trying where they're to going. Make. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep moving then. Um, has two dads. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the two dads. So, um, which you know, funny enough, dad is a gendered. Uh, statement. Yeah. Right. And so you have God who is non-binary, yet God at the same time is a dad. Right. And so now they want to have it both ways. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, let's get into the two dads. So one of them is God the Father. The other dad is Joseph. Uh, <laughs> this is, I can't believe we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> I know, right. But this is our world. Okay. So let's... When they say two dads... What do, what agenda do you think they're trying to get at here? Oh, the gay agenda. Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, and, and that. Um, oh, if if you are uh, if you are in a homosexual relationship, and it's two men, and there's a, a kid that they somehow wind up adopting or something like that, right? Well, then there's this. There would be a stigma of, well, you have two dads, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember, you know, growing up, that might be something that we would say. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the locker room or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, uh, not, I don't think I knew anybody that had two dads. No, that's pretty uh, uncommon. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't real, uh, real common then. But um, uh, anyway, but this kind of like a, would be maybe perceived as an insult uh, to LGBT people, mm-hmm. and so destigmatizing uh, it. I think yeah. that's that's the aim. But of course, again, kind of the same way with how they're looking at the plural pronouns in Genesis 2 versus what they actually meant by it. Like, like they're, they're, in, they're taking kind of a somewhat quasi-biblical concept and then employing, implying their own agenda onto right. it. Eisegesis. Right. Yes. Um, and so this two dads thing, so Jesus' earthly father was Joseph, which if we're really getting into it, it's not by blood. Right. right? Um, the scripture is actually pretty clear about that. Um, but it was his earthly father. Right. It was Joseph. And his heavenly father was God the Father. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that imply or does that mean that God the Father and Joseph were co parenting? Or in a homosexual kind of <laughs> relationship? <laughs> no, of course not. In the same way that, like, you have your dad, mm-hmm. your earthly dad. What, what's his name? David. David. Your dad's name is David? Yeah. Oh, nice. Randy's dad's name is David. It's a good um, build. I've man. met your dad like five times. How do I not know that? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so you have your earthly dad, and you also have your heavenly father. Right. They're not in a homosexual co-parenting relationship. No. Right? That Certainly this kind of not. implies. Right. Um, and so, so it's, again, it's just historical nonsense. Well, let's back up for a second, too. So is there anything in there about Mary? No. 
Interesting. So I wonder, well, how does the first part read? Their, their child? Jesus I Christ. believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and has two dads. Would it be giving too much credit for their child to be referring to God and Mary? Um, no, I, I don't think, you don't that's think what, so. No, I think they're referring to the plural non-binary God. Gotcha. I, I think again, I, th- I think we're giving more credit <laughs> too than much credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Mary. Weirdly enough, for you, you would think that this uh, this kind of more left leaning agenda pushing creed would have more uh, feminism in it with Mary, but. Mary's not even there. Oh, feminism's in the rearview mirror for the this kind of stuff. Oh, sure, like, yeah. It's a, we, we've already used them as a stepping stone to get to our next thing. Yeah. Um, all right, last statement. And saw everyone as a sibling child of God. Um, <laughs> this Okay, give your thoughts. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, see you next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, this is one that uh, you, people throw, you see thrown out there a mm-hmm. lot, like, Oh, everybody, everybody is a child of God. I'm going to go with that's not accurate. Yeah. Um, so so what they mean by that is almost, so like at best, they mean that God views everyone as his child and therefore like you can't, you know, put down anyone because uh, it's his child. At worst, it's a universalist right. thing right. that everyone is a child of God. Saved, right, um, right, and you know, regardless, right, yeah, and a lot of times, uh, yeah. So if it's you know, and hey, we're all made in the image of God. You're a child of God that way. Okay, great, but I think you should find a different way to say that. Yeah, hey, we're all made in God's image. I think yeah. that's more yeah, effective. That's, yeah. that's what that means, mm-hmm. right? Versus mm-hmm. we're all children of God, as in like we've all been saved and redeemed. I think mm-hmm. that term is more reserved for those who are actually yeah. in Christ. Because the Bible's actually very clear about yeah. this. Um, uh, in terms of salvation, that's when the Bible moves into the child of God language. Right. right. Um, so, like uh, Romans uh, is it 8, that gets into adoption. adoption. Um, Galatians 4, I think, uh, gets into it. But it talks about how... Um, oh, uh, Ephesians 1 mm-hmm. gets into it, uh, that whenever you have placed your faith in Christ and are saved by the grace of God, an adoption takes place. Mm-hmm. And we move from slaves to children of God, to, to heirs yes. of God. Uh, how can you, in salvation, become a child of God if you are already a child of God? That's right. Well, you can't. You can't. Um, yeah. Uh, on, on the oh, totally other side... Um, uh, Jesus is in a conversation with the the scribes and the Pharisees, and he's talking. They're they're hung up on Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember right, this is the conversation, and they're like, "Well, we're all we're all Abraham's children." And Jesus is like, "If you were Abraham's children, you would listen to my voice. You would do the things that I say mm-hmm. and tell you, and you would believe, and you would follow." I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and the fair, they're like, no, no, we're Abraham's children. And Jesus is like, no, you're not. Uh, you're sons of your father, the devil. And mm-hmm. it's like, so he went the total opposite direction. Yeah. Far from being sons of God, they're sons of Satan, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I wouldn't recommend going out and calling somebody that. Yeah. <laughs> Just if anything, this might, would this move into like almost like kind of a Mormon theology? 
I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it was more universalist. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean yeah. there are we already know that they're on the left side of the yeah. of the equa- on the far left side of the equation. Right. And and so that's that's where you tend to get those universalist yeah. Everybody's going to end up being saved. You can be whatever faith yeah. that you yeah, want. You can't judge anyone for anything because we're all children of God. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that statement. Um, <laughs> next week, we get to get into, I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts <laughs> it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I will say this, man. They're they're very poetic yes. in how they wrote this. Well, they're um, fabulous. They're f- oh, there you go. this is like the most fabulous creed I've ever read. <laughs> All those other creeds are pretty staunch, man. Um, so I'll um, I'll give them credit where credit is due. Um, they got some poetic language. Uh, <laughs> they sure do. They sure do. And uh, yeah, I'm very sad we have to stop. Yeah. So oh man, sink our teeth into that one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll cover that one uh, next week. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying the Sparkle Creed as much as we are. Um, and give your thoughts in the comments. Um, what do you think about Jesus having two dads? Uh, what do you think? Did he have a fabulous tunic? Um, I guess it was fabulous enough that they auctioned it off yeah. um, uh, as crucifixion. Um, you know, I've, I've never thought about that way. Um, maybe we're being educated here in this moment. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> let us know what you think because we always enjoy reading those. Um, if you haven't, like, subscribe, comment. Or uh, Judah forgot it. Um, oh, I'm, man. Gonna, I'm gonna blame the guy in the chair over there. My bad. Yeah, um, he was that late too. <laughs> remember, whenever we get to 300 subscribers, pizza party. Pizza party. Pizza party. We will eat pizza during this podcast. Awesome, like a big pizza. <laughs> yeah, like big. We'll just have it in the center right here. Um, so like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. Uh, until next week, y'all have a great week.